with Him. And God begins to show you things when you get there. Y'all know about this stuff, right? So the first thing is that the Lord is verse 22. This is what Asaph said after he came into the presence of God. You know, he said a couple of things about the law, you know, about the people out there, but that's really not the real issue that he's facing. He, this is the first issue. He said, uh, I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. I was so foolish and ignorant. That's the first thing uh, Asaph saw when he got into the presence of God, is how futile he was at being able to understand really what was going on in life. How he did not have the ability to really perceive things correctly. I was an ignorant. I was an idiot, God. I was like a beast, Lord. That's what I am apart from you. The futility of being able to rightly receive what is really going on. That's the first thing you're going to find out when you get in the presence of God. Things are not the way they appear to be. Let's turn over to Proverbs. Let's read this right quick. Proverbs 3. Let you read verse 5 and 6. This is cool. Is the Lord speaking to anybody? Please let Him speak to you. I think He really is trying to speak to us this morning. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. You could quote. You, you, most people have this one memorized. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Amen? Isn't that a cool, cool one? Let me tell you a couple of things about just a couple of little Hebrew things. That word acknowledge, I'm not sure what your lesser Bible has in it. <laughs> NIV, nearly inspired version, right? But, you know, it does say, in all your ways, acknowledge. That word acknowledge, this is cool. It means to, it means to know. It means to perceive. Okay? It means to see God. That's, that's, that's one of the... It's, see God in every circumstance of your life. Find Him in your life. That's what it's saying. See from God's perspective. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own. In all your ways, find God. Find Him in the situation you're in. That's what it's saying. It's find Him. He's in that situation. He's there. He has a perspective on it that He wants to reveal to you. You see, God's not trying to hold it back from us. He wants us to see it. He wants us to understand it. That word direct, and He will direct your, your path. This is so cool. It says it means, it means to make smooth, to be pleasing, to be agreeable, to be right. God will do that for your life. He will make your life smooth. That sounds impossible, doesn't it? He will make your life pleasing. He will make your life agreeable. He'll, be, he'll make your life right. Now, that doesn't mean your circumstances are going to be. I'm not talking about everything out here. I'm talking about in here. I'm talking about what you live with 24 hours a day, what you wake up in the morning with. Is where you're, you feel pleased on the inside. You feel agreeable on the inside. You feel right on the inside. Heck, you know, there could be bombs dropping in the backyard, and you could feel that way. So if we will trust the Lord and not depend on our own understanding, in other words, don't trust your, your discernment. Don't trust your ability to judge situations. Don't do it. Because you have a good chance of missing it. 
In fact, if you don't have God, you will miss it eventually. Don't trust Him. Don't lean. That's what it says. Don't lean on what you know. Don't trust in your experience. Don't trust in your anointing. Don't trust in any of those things. I'm serious. What you need to trust in is, Lord, You've given me all this experience. You've given me life experience. You've given me wisdom from above. But I'm not going to trust Him because I'm going to trust in You. Now, if you want to use those things, use them. They're available for you to use, but I'm going to let you make the call about what's going on around me. You decide what it is, and you reveal that to me. Depend on Him. He will allow you to see Him in every situation of life. He will allow you to. He will allow you to see what's really going on. And He will cause your life to be pleasing, agreeable, and right. He will allow your life to be that. But if we don't, if we trust in our own abilities and our own skills, none of those things are going to happen. They really are not going to happen. It's impossible. Y'all with me? Okay. So number, number one, the futility of being able to rightly perceive what is really going on. That's the first thing God's going to show you. He's going to say, Dummy! That ain't right. When God tells you you're a dummy, man, it feels good. Man, it takes so much pressure off of you. Whoa. I don't have to figure this out. Louise and I were talking recently about this scripture over there when he's talking about the parable of the sower and, and it's talking about those, you know, the ones that keep the word, the fertile soils, those who understand. Man, that, that scripture used to drive me insane. Because I'd hear, oh, I've got to understand the Bible. I've got to work harder. I've got to study harder. I've got to pray harder to understand all this. You know, because I want to be fruitful as a Christian. And the Lord's saying, no, Byron, that ain't what I'm saying. I'm saying, if you'll let me, I'll give you understanding. You'll never figure out this stuff. Let me reveal it to you. That's how it works. You don't have to do all this stuff you're doing because it's all in the flesh. It doesn't work. It fails you. So, man, it feels good. I mean, it feels good to me when I read the Bible and don't understand. It's like, I don't have to. I'm not expected to. I can let Christ reveal it to me, though. That's how I'm going to operate. I was telling Becky the other day, I am not ever going back the way I used to be. I'm not going to go back to all that striving this. It doesn't work. I don't want to get into all that, but go back to Psalm 73. Y'all with me? Verse 23, number 2. Nevertheless, I am continuing with, with you. Second thing, God showed him that God is always there. Okay? All right, here's what happens. Here's what happens to you. When you begin to become envious, there's this condemnation that the devil releases against you. When you begin to feel like your life has no meaning or value, what happens is you feel like, because you feel that way and you know that's wrong, you start feeling condemned. And you feel like God has left you. Right? You start feeling this separation between you and God. And what happens when most people, when they start feeling separated from God, they start trying real hard to get back to God. Because you feel separated. Because you know you shouldn't be thinking. You know you shouldn't be looking at your neighbor's house and wishing, thinking, my house is not as good as theirs. I wish I had a better house. You know that's wrong. Nobody has to tell you that stuff. So you start feeling separated from God. And, you get, and the more you strive, the more difficult it becomes, the worse you feel. You feel worse. You don't feel better when you strive trying to get back close to God because of this. It's, it's the devil's trick. You know, being separated from God is an illusion. It really doesn't exist. We are never separated from God. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said that in Hebrews thirteen five. There's no time in our lives when, when, when God is absent from us. And we have to believe that. 
it really is the thing that Washman Nee said. It's like trying to get into a room you're already in. There's futility in it. There's futility in trying to get into the presence of God. You're already in His presence. You have to believe it. And once you start believing it, then the feelings will follow that. Are y'all with me on that? It's an illusion. God is always with me. He's continually with me. That's what He'll show you in His presence. How many people have ever been in God's presence and felt that? Man, the Lord's wonderful. It's great. Your emotions are fired up. Everything's made alive to you. He didn't, he didn't make us to live like that. The more we try, the further it seems we are from God, and the more frustrated and weary we become. That's the case for most Christians. That's the case for most Christians. Trying real hard, but not getting there. You've got to start trusting. Stop trying. That's what you do. You trust Him. So that's the second thing the Lord does. He shows you He's with you always. The third thing, verse 23, Nevertheless, I'm continuing with you. You hold me, with her. You hold me by my right hand. Meaning, God is faithful, okay? God is eternally committed to us. The real focus of our lives, now this is important. If you will change your focus, okay, it will make a big difference in your life. This is what I was mentioning to you a while ago. I didn't want to go back the way I used to be. The way I used to be was my commitment to God, okay? It was how committed I needed to be to God. How I really need to be a good steward, God. I really need to be committed. I need to work hard. I need to get up early and pray. I need to study more. I need to do more. Because I have this commitment. I have this stewardship, you know, given to me by God. And that's the wrong focus. The right focus is look at God's commitment to us. See, when we are looking at our commitment to Him, we are always going to be short. We can't keep up with God. I can never live up to His commitment. He is always faithful. He's always committed. He's the one that says is holding the hand. It's not me holding His hand. And we need to see that. We need to turn our thinkings to God's commitment to us. That He is sold out to each one of us. He's totally committed. But Christianity spends so much time on what we can do and how committed we can be and how important it is for us to do these things. We're tired. And you listen to much of the preaching, and it's good preaching. It's telling us what we need to do. And I can sit there and say amen all day long. We need to tithe. Amen, we need to do that. We need to read the Bible. Amen, we need to do that. We need to pray more. Amen, we need to do that. But they don't tell us enough about how to do it. They say, oh, this is all the what. Somebody tell me the how. That's what people need to preach more. We need to preach the what. We need to preach on prayer. We need to preach on prophecy. We need to preach on giving, financial stewardship. We need to do all those things. But my God, somebody tell the people of God, this is how you do all this stuff. It's because there's a God in heaven that has committed Himself to us and committed to doing it in and through us. And when we put our focus on Him and get it off in our little wimpy thing that we have, it makes a difference. It'll make a difference. And that's why I've told Becky, I don't, when I, even, you know, when I'm getting messed up and getting, you know, slung around thinking, man, this don't feel, this ain't right, you know, and I just say, listen, I don't care how unright it is. I don't care how messed up it is. I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to how committed I had to be. I just don't want to do that. It killed me. 
I don't have to go back to fighting sin. I don't let the Holy Spirit it, because that's what the Bible says. It's the, the Spirit lust against the flesh. It ain't me. It's Him. I, just, I need to let Him. I need, you know what I need to focus on? Hold my hand, Lord. I'm going to submit to you and allow you to hold me. And I'm just going to present it. I'm going to yield my hand to you. That's what I'm going to do, Lord. When we focus on... It is. When we focus on God's commitment to us, our faith will automatically increase. It just automatically happens. It ain't like you've got to build it up. I've got to turn this faith up and believe this and, you know, rah, 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 and quote a bunch of scriptures that you really don't believe in yourself, but you're just hoping that somehow they'll work. You know they're true, but you really think, you know, yeah, I know this is true, and I'm just, but I hope it works this time. Spend your life hoping this stuff works. I'm thinking, no, I'm not doing that. Uh-uh. I am not doing that no more. That ain't what Paul did. That is not what most people in the Bible who really had a relationship with the Lord and knew what the real message of the gospel was. They didn't do it. Number four, I'm getting on here. This is really good. You will guide me, verse 24, with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Okay, this is good. This is, what, this is what's helped me in my life some recently. Uh, our first focus must be on following, following Him, following Christ. Okay. A lot of people follow dreams, right? You got a dream from God? Anybody got a dream from God in here this morning that you've gone after? Go after your dreams, find your purpose. All that stuff's great, but you know what? I'm going to tell you the honest truth. Those things are extremely dangerous. They are very dangerous if you're not really following Him. You see, here's the way God designed Christianity to be. This is the way He really designed us to live. He didn't design us to follow dreams. If you follow dreams, you will fail. You, your dreams are going to let you down. If you follow some purpose, some destiny you believe you have, I don't care if the destiny is God, I don't care if the dream is God, they're going to let you down. But if you will follow Jesus, that's what we really have to really shift from. We have to shift from following our, following our calling. And I know that sounds sort of, sort of strange, and I'm telling you, I'm very qualified to say this because I'm a person who's followed the things I feel like, you know, God's called me to do this, God's called me to I've pursued those things in my life. But here's the downfall on those things. Those things will let you down over and over and over and over. Because when you follow Jesus, this is what happens. He may, if you're following Him, He may bring you into a big, wide place right where your dreams are fulfilled. Or He may just lead you right into the tightest room. He may lead you into prosperity. Or He may lead you into the valley of the shadow. You see what I'm saying? But He's the one we've got to... Y'all ain't getting this. Y'all, you know what? I promise you this is Right? I promise you, if you follow your dreams, you are going to be disappointed. Because here's what happens. You achieve your dreams sometimes. And guess what? You wake up and you hate them. I dream, Becky told me, this is what she told me, when I'm having a bad time, you, Byron, you've dreamed for this for years. you sacrificed much to get here. Why are you unhappy? Why are you disgusted? It's because my dreams didn't fulfill me. And if we follow just dreams, and I, I believe in dreams. I've got some dreams in my life. I feel like I've got destiny that's not yet, but I've decided I'm not going to go after those things no more. I'm going to learn, and I'm telling you, I'm talking about immature 
kindergarten level for me is I want to change my focus from pursuing my calling, pursuing all his. I want to change my I'm just going to follow the Lord, and wherever He takes me, I'm going to be fulfilled because I'm following Him. I'm following this person. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and I'm going to tell you, if you'll do that, it'll make a difference in your life. It'll make a huge difference in your life. Follow your dreams, you're going to get disappointed. Your dreams will disappoint you because they'll get fulfilled. And then what? Duh, you know, I spent my ten, last ten years trying to get here, and I got here. This don't seem so great. You know? You see what I'm saying? And, you know, um, you might not believe that, but you will. You, you can learn that in the hard way if you don't want to listen. But listen to me. I'm a dream follower. You can ask my wife. She's beat me to death over the years about it, fussed at me. So that's the four things. God will, will guide us. Our first focus must be to really follow Jesus. That's what Jesus said to his disciples, follow me. He didn't say, follow me, follow, you, follow being an apostle, you know, follow having the biggest church, follow having a revival, follow, the, follow being a worship leader. You, know, you see what I'm saying? He didn't say that. He said, follow me. That was the first thing he wanted them to follow was him. And it really has to do with a real relationship with him. And I know all this stuff sounds sort of, you know, unpractical and not real, but it is. It's real, real. And he goes on and says in verse 25, because this is really the truth. Whom in heaven, whom, verse 25, have I in heaven but you? I mean, who else is there? So why else I want to follow something else? And there's none upon earth that I desire besides you. You see, Asap got into this other thing. I'm into my ministry because I'm anointed and I'm prophet. And I'm this and I'm that. And he was into that and he realized Man, that stuff is stupid. It doesn't mean anything. Because my neighbor's got something better than me. And there's always going to be somebody who's going to have something better. There's always going to be somebody that's going to be more anointed. It's got something better than you. Are y'all with me on this? I mean, I believe this is the truth. Or I wouldn't be saying it. But I could be sincere about it and be sincerely wrong. I'm just, you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. Um, but this is what the Bible's saying anyway, so it's not me. He said, My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is. Not my ministry, not my job, not my possessions, not my family, not even my wife. You know, you know they're going to not be that up there in heaven, husband and wives. Um, for indeed, those who are... Far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. But it is good for me to draw near to God. That was, it's good for me to do that. It's good for me to follow Jesus. I have put my, my trust in the Lord God. And then he says, and if you do all that, the last thing he says, that I may declare all your works. You know, if you do that, then you're going you're gonna to fulfill the thing that God's put you on this earth for. But if you try to fulfill the thing that God's put you on this earth for without really making God first and without really following Him, it is not going to work. It's out of order. It won't work. God's kingdom doesn't... He don't make any exceptions. Amen? Amen. All right, now, I want to end, and I want to ask you a question. I know it's time to quit, maybe. But I want to ask you all a question. I'm not really 100% sure if this is the Lord or not, but I kind of believe it is. But um, how would you like to help somebody else?
this morning. Anybody want to help somebody else? Um, how is that to help another church? Would you like to help another church this morning? Here's, here's the help. And I'm going to tell you something. I can't tell you who the church is. But there's a church in town that's going through some financial difficulties. Okay? I know, you know, because I know their pastor real well, and he didn't, wasn't able, the church wasn't able to pay him.